Space Ranger Stone Just trying to find his way back home He's traveling out in space all alone But he's going home He's going home Okay. Welcome back to the Space Ranger Stone Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am joined here by my guest today, Adam. Say hi. No, it is I, Alan Watts. Oh, I forgot. It's Alan Watts today. Alan, long time no see, man. I thought you died, bro. What happened? Viewers, you must open your minds. The secret to live is to be completely engaged with the here and now. It isn't work. Realize it is all play. We are the million masks of God engaged in the greatest play that the universe has, has to show for us. Peepee, penis, God is dead, love is a shame. <laughs> Dude, Alan, you got way more bass than I remember from your stupid fucking speeches and shit. Fun fact, um, the police is coming for me. Alan will take over. Oh, okay. Um, that sounds good. All right, that was weird. Alan Watts just ran out of my bedroom. Damn, bro. I thought he was dead as fuck. <laughs> nah, you know, man. He's on, the, he's on the lamb. There's a game I highly recommend to everybody who's listening. It's called Everything. Uh, it's a tribute game to Alan Watts. Um, it's pretty cool. Every- it's oh, just- I've heard of that one. Is that the one where you become different objects? Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. just plays different speech parts from alan watts it's pretty pretty bad all right open your mind play video games yeah actually we returned to goom this year this year we realized that mm, there is no need for growth beyond goom goom is all the wage slave can do to escape all right look let's not even get into that yet number one topic round watches are simply superior right i mean is that correct round watches yeah watches with a round watch face yeah, uh, yeah, you don't. I'm, I'm excluding my my D500 Casio. That shit is based. But if you're getting a nice, nice like three thousand dollar watch, you don't want to get like one of those that's not like a perfect, like the perfect sphere. Yeah, you don't like the circle. you don't like the paddocks or the Cartier. Yeah, I mean, those the paddocks, the weird shapes, anything generally, even oval, I don't like. I I just. It's it's just got to be the perfect sphere. That's how God designed watches when he made them. Uh I am tempted to agree, bro. Some things can't be uh some things can't be fixed, man. Some things were made. It's like the bubble, bro. The bubble just uh it's 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 universal. It can't change no matter what. And uh with watches it is the same way with the sphere. So true. So so true. So you never responded to my uh, passage I sent you from Crime and Punishment the other day. I didn't. I don't even remember you sending me a passage. I sent a passage. I'll read it out. I can. To you I right can now. pretend. We can just get into it, and I'll just uh, pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Well, we actually won't get into it because it's about women, and we can't talk about women on this pod anymore. But not to speak of the fact that there are cases when women are very, very glad to be insulted in spite of all their show of indignation. There are instances of it with everyone, human beings in general, indeed, greatly love to be insulted. Have you noticed that? But it's particularly so with women. One might even say it's their only amusement. (laughs) That's true. That's hilarious. That was actually, if we were ever going to talk about women on the podcast, I already had that as a topic. Let's fucking go. Yeah, no, women literally love to be insulted. That's uh, main point, guys. Go out and do that. Um... All right, wait, hold on. I'm checking for listener mail. That's why I'm I'm spacing out for a second here. I see. Let's see. I got like about 35 promotional things from Mercari. I I've been using this email to sign up for shit that I don't uh, <laughs> uh, want emails for, and it looks like nobody gave us. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Maybe I should start just checking before the pile. You just, just to save us this embarrassment. That's okay. Guys, check us out. Send us an email. Don't check us out. We don't have a website. I don't know why I said that. But send us an email. SpaceRangerStone at gmail.com. We will answer any question you have with 100% accuracy. Guaranteed. Every time we're correct. All right. 
Um, okay. Yeah, I feel like it's like a, a bit of masochism to be um, constantly talking about our emails and then pointing out that we never get any. Yeah, it's it's just my <laughs> it's my John posting. It's my my uh, pity. <laughs> um okay let's see i i've just written down my topics in my notes app as soon as i get them open my androgyny countries have a soul all is fire internet is not forever sex scenes aren't necessary which sex is chaotic fencing how things relate to unnatural and unnecessary and books absorption versus you being absorbed or you absorbing the and the crib test okay i like fencing fencing God, stands out to fencing me. <laughs> why did you <laughs> fencing we'll, we'll start with that one okay fencing what the fuck are we doing <laughs> what the fuck have you seen this sport yeah, yeah what yeah. is happening like what why why are we joking around and pretending like this is just like what are we doing it's absurd it's the most ab- absurd display that we have as people and by the way, so they have like the little prods on the tip of their swords, right? And then like as soon as it touches the other person's jacket, electrical signal shows that, that you won that, right? Mm-hmm. It's maybe a tenth of a second apart from the other person. So I want to know, how did they do fencing for like hundreds and hundreds of years? Oh, it's definitely it's definitely evolved quite a bit. Now it's like... Uh... I mean, the, the original objective of fencing was to win and to live. And now it's like both of you stabbing That's each true. other as fast as you can. And, uh, I mean, in, in, okay, in but, an actual right, situation, well, you would both just die. But Well, okay, let's at least say since 1850s when it was just a sporting event. I mean, people still did duel. But at least since then, it's been a sporting event. How were people... Like, I feel like every single call the ref makes, no matter what it is... Half the people are going to hate him just because it's impossible to tell, you know? Oh, you mean before we had, like, any sort of, like, electric signal? Yeah, before we had any of the sensors. Because it's all, like, a tenth of a second apart. Like, it's imperceptible to the human eye. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably probably true. Like, it would be like being, like, the most controversial umpire, but every game, and everybody's just like, what the? What are you talking about? You know? Yeah, I could see that happening. I, that's a little bit like UFC, though, when people win by points. A lot. Although uh, I, I guess I feel like that's a little bit more one-sided because it's not in the span of four seconds. It's like at least you have, you know, ten minutes to like kind of deduce who's uh, who's got the upper hand. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And, and and even I mean, like like you said, I mean, can we bring back like real fencing, like mutual combat? agreement like can, can we bring back like you want to fight to the death you know like if liberty is the highest order of good which i'm not saying it is but the same people who have told us that liberty is our highest order of good are the same people who are right now telling us that we are not allowed to do fencing to the death in the olympics it's the most it, it's crazy i want to i want to see death man i want to see death all humans want to see death the coliseum is like the greatest sporting arena ever built because everybody wants to see death, right? Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's true. I think there's I think there's a way to do it right, man. There's a lot of people on death row who I feel like would be happy to duel to the death, and I feel like the American people would be happy to see it. And I feel like morally speaking, we're talking about people on death row or people who are going to be in prison for the rest of their lives anyway. Or, or at the very least, people who very much deserve to die bad deaths. So I feel like in right. that case, you know, everyone wants it. The people partaking in it want it. You know, if you, if you give them the right motivation, uh, the people partaking in it want it. The viewers want to see it. It's morally justified. And, uh, and, and you can make, like, a lot of money for the state, you know, and do good with it. You could, you could put all the money to orphanages. Um, yeah. Detroit Battle Royale. I just feel like, yeah, you, and you don't have to let, like, let them out of prison, but, you know, like, maybe maybe people on death row or, or, again, life sentences, like, let's say they're living in, like, shitty cells, just motivate them with, like, all right, guys, we're going to do another live show. Um, winner gets a bigger cell, you know? Winner gets a pack of smokes. 
Winner, winner gets the fuck one bad bitch. Winner gets a yeah. Winner gets a TV. Uh, I don't know something. You know, give a little, just a tiny bit of motivation. I feel they're like they're criminals. A lot of they can be motiv. Yeah, you 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 can be like, hey, I'll give you this cigarette right now, but you have to enter Detroit Battle Royale tomorrow, and they will be like, fuck yeah, like of course. Half of them like, were they're just, criminals. They can't conceive the future, dude. People who are bored in prison, who are like good at killing and enjoyed killing, I feel like they would just do it to. Shake things up. If you're going to be on death row, you're dying in a month anyway. Dude, think of the fame, like a little bit of glory before you go. Go out in like a good way. It's it's sad that so many people don't get to die um, like a good death. <laughs> Too many people just die like really, you know, especially like, I mean, there's got to be. age, well, things like that. Well, I just mean like what could be more demasculating than, um, than, like getting a needle stuck in you and then you're like frothing at the mouth and you're twitching and and you just like you look like an old person when you're 30 and you like slowly fade out of existence like I w- dude if if I was about to die the next day like that I'd want the chance to be like all right give me the give me yeah give me the backpack yeah, killer give me a hero's death yeah give me the backpack right. killer I'm gonna kill him you know and then and then some people and then you know what you get a tiny bit of redemption too cuz regardless of who wins like there, there will be a couple people in the crowd who are who are victimized by the backpack killer, and they'll be like, "Dude, I'm glad you like ripped that guy's arm off, man." You know, you right. <sighs> I mean, it's like the guy who beat Jeffrey Dahmer to death in prison. It's like no, everybody's like, yeah, oh, people kind of liked him. That guy's a hero. I don't even, yeah, I got a, a full redemption arc. I don't know why that guy was in prison. You know, maybe he, like mutilated. I think it was double children. murder. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but uh, who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, you know? it's like, let him out. That's all. I- <laughs> he earned his freedom. Okay. Um, no, I agree. So, and and yeah, like, I mean, oh, and I and everyone and everyone's like, everyone's always happy when a child diddler gets killed in prison. You know, everyone's like, hey, good for whoever did that. You know what I mean? Well, except the child diddler. Uh, yeah, except for him. But I feel like he's upset. We could bring it back, dude. And then and then make a big dude. It would be fun, dude. It, it, it you know how like. Legal, you know, like League of Legends in Korea, and like all those people are like sports heroes. Like America could make it its thing. It would be like we would have posters, um, you know, like those people. I I bet a lot of people would do it just for that, just to like those know, people, just to know that like Orientals on the outside that people are cheering for them and uh, they're finally getting a little bit of love uh, before the end. You right. know what I mean? Right. <sighs> Man. No, I mean, uh... and I mean, I would, I'd be put in prison just to get. To go through that, like, I- yeah, that I was gonna say that the, the new the new school to prison pipeline is all the fucking kids who grow up watching this and they're like, Dude, yeah, I'm going straight to prison. Well, I got here. Do that be tryouts? So you'd be like, all right, which one of you kids think you got what it takes to be the next Detroit King? Dude, it would spawn some like sick. Mood. And then if you actually you if you win three years in a row, you get to keep Detroit. I can- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They give you Detroit. They say here you go. I can already see like a, a great like. Uh, um, John Wick movie where his child gets murdered and the guy goes to prison and then John Wick kills a bunch of like gangsters to go to prison and there's like a whole redemption arc as he fights his way back to uh to kill the guy that killed his daughter you know what I mean there'd, there'd be there'd be a little bit of that I feel like yes yeah yeah I mean I could see only good is what I'm getting out of this is I can only see good that comes from this Dude, it's if it's purely optional and no one's forced to do it. Again, we'd have way we'd have more than enough people doing it. Um, I feel like there. How, how can you even make a defense against it? I want to hear. I want to hear the liberals out there tell me why it's a bad thing. Liberal. Like, oh, sorry. You you don't like seeing child diddlers getting killed. You don't like people making voluntary choices to go into an arena. Like what? What's yeah, the counter? It, it, what's the like, counter? Oh, you don't want money to be raised for orphanages. They're gonna be saying, "Oh, but like they, they're gonna they, what they say now is, you know, rape culture, or you know, strong masculinity going unchecked." And it's like, "All right, well, we're gonna kill all the rapists, or they're gonna kill each other." And I don't know. Maybe they could argue that it's like promoting masculinity and and, and promoting bloodlust, like that. That like okay, only only realistic negative here. Okay, this is promoting bloodlust within the United States or building some kind of hero culture around this. But mm-hmm. um, this guy, Psychic Pebbles, Adam, who I told you to right. <laughs> watch, Zach Hadle, 
he, I, I listened to him on a podcast. He made a really good point. Like he was like, yeah, I watched a lot of death videos. Um, or I've seen a lot of death videos and I've seen a lot of death videos. I mean, you and I have both. Oh God. I love death. Videos. Seen a lot of death videos. I mean, I remember being at Jack's house so many times as a teenager and watching gruesome, horrible deaths. We watched the whole Christchurch shooting and that was like a <laughs> long God. video. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I always thought like, yeah, it's kind of bad for you. It's kind of bad for your soul. But, uh, I've kind of, I've kind of switched on that. You know, if you're into it, but like, I hate watching, like, I don't like, like, no, I don't think any of us like really like, like watching it. Like, yeah, there's some morbid, morbid curiosity that gets fulfilled, but it's not like we love watching. It's like, you're kind of peeking out behind your, uh, fingers, so to speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and Zach Halo argues that it's like a, a, a net positive to see things that are realistic and pull you out of the idea that you're some storybook character and your story hasn't been told so you don't have to worry about consequences and it also allows you to put off um your potential and whatever for life like if you actually see death as like a realistic thing that happens and if you see its effect on the world then it like gives you a much more realistic perspective and motivates you Mm. but also decentralizes you from your kind of main character syndrome and I can see a lot of value to that, you know? And I'll say this, right now, we do not have a culture that is too close and too intermingled with death. We have a, a culture that is too scared of death, you know? I mean, you look at COVID response, whatever. It's like, we're acting like this is like the worst thing ever. When people are literally killing each other in Detroit in a battle royale, you know, you couldn't make that argument anymore. Right. People would be like, oh my God, this killed... This killed 30,000 people. It's be like, yeah, that's how many people died in Detroit this year in the Battle Royale. Like, what? who cares? You know? Yeah, when you go back... And to, I saw that. <laughs> when you go back to, like, old Viking traditions where, like, if you got too old, there's, like, a cliff you would jump off of that everyone would, like, go right. and watch. And then you would just, like, hop off, and that way you don't die, like, pissing in your bed. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... And we, you do that as an honor to not be a burden to people, mm-hmm. and... That is the redemption that these prisoners can like go last well, they know, They're a burden on the state. They're a burden on their country. They're a burden on the the people who they've committed the crime against who have to see that they haven't really received their just punishment yet. But if those same people turn on the TV and they see you there getting your brain beaten in with a sledgehammer, they're like, ah, they get relief. The prison system gets relief. The country gets relief. You're, you're lowering the prison population. And that's why... I'm kind of a topic switch here, but I'm trying 2024 because this is not a DeSantis thing. Can we agree DeSantis heads are cringe? Oh, wait, wait. I'm not done talking about it. We need to, we need to keep going in. <laughs> We've just started talking I'm, about Detroit Battle I'm Royale. I'm really liking the Battle Royale idea, right, man. Keep going. I just feel like we could we could really create a, like a resurgence of masculinity if we start promoting. Because that's the problem, right? We used to have like awesome heroes in movies like uh, like Rambo and like everyone that Arnold Schwarzenegger played, and when you went to the movies, you'd see like a badass, like you know, and that's and like you think about <clears throat> stuff that they were doing back then, um, all these these programs in schools and stuff making men like s- strong, um, and now everyone's quite the opposite. Uh, but it, it, I mean, it has it has a lot to do with you know you you see figures on the TV and you kind of want to be like them. Um, we need to create a culture like that again, and I feel like this is this is this is just one way of doing that. Plus, you know what? And 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 and, dude, imagine how fun you could you could have some like really cool, interesting experiments. You could you could change up the scene, be like, now what would happen if people only had melon ballers? You know what I mean? You could really run like a bunch of different a d- bunch of different ideas. What would happen if people only had gold uh, pistols? Like electrified yeah, nails. That too. You know what I mean? Right. And also. You know, it's it's and if anyone if anyone tries to argue against you, you just say my body, my choice. Exactly. You know? I feel like it's pretty justified. All right, that was that's pretty much. Okay, all now I we can say DeSantis well, sells DeSantis cringe, heads. Right? I'm sorry, but um, yeah, you don't like DeSantis. I, I, lo- or you look, don't like I like DeSantis, DeSantis as you know he's doing good work in Florida, everything. But we want to see Trump revenge tour. I, I Trump is the only threat to the establishment. Like there is a reason. They're raiding him. There's a reason they are ruthlessly attacking him. He's the only actual threat to the establishment that we've seen. And 
he just says shit that's funny. He's just a good, like, people stand outside his rallies for hours in rain just to get a chance to see this man speak. I mean, we're not allowed to have political heroes anymore, but he is a political hero. You know, I, I, I don't see why we're not, we're not allowed to, like, idolize people anymore, but I think Trump is kind of the GOAT. And I want to see Trump revenge arc. And if you're saying DeSantis 2024, you're getting punched straight up. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think I think he really shook up the establishment, and uh, and uh, it's kind of exactly what we need because we are slowly just. I mean, the politics is going one way on both sides, and what you need are people who are off meta. And are willing to do something to like break that um, that spiral exactly. that we are slowly going in because it's not like Republicans are even better. Like everyone is just getting tired and lazy in the in the bureaucracy, and it is just. And, and I think what yeah, what Trump has seen I, is like late late stage Trump, late stage presidency Trump was like listen to Michael Bolton, listen to people who are just like, yeah, you know, go and form the same things that every other politician has done. And he was kind of listening to that. And then what happened? He lost white voters, white non-college educated voters, right? He lost the, his base. Mm-hmm. And I think if we see revenge arc, he's going to be like, oh no, that's actually, that's why, you know, some of them I assume are good people, right? <laughs> like that's the, that's the guy we need is a person who says shit. That's just like, oh, I forgot we were allowed to say that. I forgot like... <laughs> You know, that's that's kind of what I, I what I want to see. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm stuffing my ballot box 2024. And yeah, to be honest, I feel like uh, I mean we, we we saw good things happen when he was in office, just like with the economy and stuff. And people a lot of times they don't want to attribute um, like economy and those kind of factors into the presidency. And I understand why to like an extent. But I mean, when you see like Biden enter the office and now we have like, you know, everything that happened, I mean, just to state like the really obvious ones, but inflation and gas and all, all that crap, like really went to shit right after it was really good. And again, people are like, I don't want to blame the presidency. I want to blame COVID for this, you know? Um, And when you always get that and you get the same thing with like Obama, where people are like, yeah, man. Well, you know, he just got into like a bad, bad situation with like the housing market and stuff. And, and, and like, that's why, but you know, Obama didn't turn things around. I feel like there is like a very good chance that all those people who are saying like, dude, it's COVID it's stuff. Like we can't expect it to like, but I feel like if, if president Trump, I mean, could, because of how crazy these policies were with how much they shut things down and really just destroyed stuff, you throw Trump back in there, you reverse some of these policies. Um, you, like some of these changes that he was making during his last term, um, I feel like things would turn around pretty damn fast and it would be so hard to argue because it's like, we're still in the COVID thing. I mean, stuff is still not good. And to see it like just flip would be now, now it's like, what are you going to say? Like, Oh, it was, it was bad during Obama. It was, it just stayed bad. Then eventually gets to Trump. Trump makes it all like everything booms. And then you see a Biden, everything goes down the drain. Trump again, everything booms. And I feel like it would happen. I don't, I feel like a lot of it is just all these dog shit policies that, um, I mean, I feel like that, that's the kind of like motion that gets people's eyes opening up. Yeah. And and the other thing that would Um, open up too is when it becomes another referendum when people are like, oh, you're really going to run Trump again. Oh, you really think Trump's going to win again? And then he just fucking crushes. Like, he actually just leans in and crushes. Mm-hmm. And then it'd be like, oh, yeah. Now you see how out of touch you are again with the American people. Again. Because that's what that's what 2016 was. And what humanists... And when I say humanists, I mean people who... Oh, they love humanity. They want the best for humanity. And general utilitarians, hedonists... I use hedonists in the Cyrenaic sense. But all these people who generally want uh, the best for humanity. But they hate the people. And they would have to come out again... And just say it again. Oh, it's the people who are wrong. It's the people. Which is always the, like the end goal of human, uh, humanists. Is that they they blame all of, <laughs> all failure on the people at large. Which is, it, it's just, it, it's the most revealing thing. And especially after 
just how far down we are in this rabbit hole we are right now, it, it'll just be so, I don't know, it'll, just, it, it'll, it'll be so fucking funny, man. It'll be so funny. And if that, if nothing else, that, that, I mean, I remember in 2016, sitting there on election night and <clears throat> you know what? All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go into a little story time. I'm, I'm going to do a little, little story time for, for the pod. I, I, I remember being happy when Obergefell, uh, dropped. Uh, my parents are terminal NPR heads as pod may, pod listeners may know. And so I just kind of grew up around that. And I was just like, Oh, like, thank God. Like the gay oppression has finally stopped. And I, I distinctly, I remember like an episode of George Lopez blue pilling me hard on this when I, that I saw when I was like nine or something. It was like all about like how hard it is for gay people who just want to love and everything. And, uh, which shows you how long, by the way, the ops have been running the psyops. And so I remember Obergefell dropping and I was like, Oh, thank God. Like this is a good thing. And so I was still like thinking like very culturally left in in a very culturally left sense. And then, uh, 2015, 2016, I just started going around school and being like, we voting for Trump, right guys, we voting for Trump. And I just kept saying that to everybody and just like out of the fact that it was funny, like I still was not. Uh, politically awoken I just thought this is funny right and then I remember specifically Mm -hmm. this girl coming up to me and she was like in the most hushed tone just Lucas you're not you're not serious about uh, like Trump right you know like you're not I I mean you're not really serious about this and that was like the first that was my first red pilling moment because before that it had all been a joke to me I was like uh, I mean I like I was like I mean I I don't I guess I'm not serious but it's like why are you coming up to me in this hushed tone like this is the end of times right and then I remember yeah. on election night uh being at our house doing my homework a certain ex-girlfriend of yours was sitting across the table from me and they were counting we had the election playing up on the TV uh and mm-hmm. and they were counting these states and and they, every state, they were just like, Trump wins this one, Trump wins this one. And then at the end of the night, they were like, Trump won. And, and I, across from the table, across the table from me, uh, a certain ex-girlfriend of yours starts crying. Starts crying. And I, I, yes. Really? I, I'm surprised you don't remember that. Yeah, she started crying. You comforted her, I'm pretty I, sure. I was yeah. there? I mean, I think you were upstairs for the most part, because she was doing homework with me. We were doing homework downstairs, but... Um, yeah, she started crying. I- I'm pretty sure you came down and comforted her. Anyway. Um, but it was at that moment when she started crying that I was like, I, I just, I could almost, I could just barely contain my laughter. Like, I was just on the verge of just, like, breaking out of laughter. And that was, like, my real red pill moment where I was like, these people just, they don't see how fucking funny this is. You know, like, <laughs> if, if nothing else, they just don't That's... see how funny this is. And then just the real red pill was the next week afterwards where I saw Jimmy Fallon, who again, like, again, my parents are not ever saying anything bad about them. So like my, my parents watched them. My parents watched like uh, John Oliver, these people. And then you sit there and you see Jimmy Fallon come on and he goes, listen, I know a lot of Americans are scared tonight. I know a lot of people are feeling a lot of terror. And then I was just like, oh, oh, holy shit. Like, this is like this. This is like the girl that walked out. Like, this is how do these people not see how funny this is? Like, this is so funny. Um, and so that's again, that, like, that's if nothing else, that's all I hope for in 2024 is more comedy. Just seeing people's ire and anger and bubbling rage. And oh, God, it's I. Maybe that's the sadist in me, but it's so funny, dude. I can't, I can't help it. I can't help it. It's, it's hilarious, you know. It is delicious. That is so funny. I don't remember that at all, but classic um, moment. <laughs> that is quite comical. Yeah. So mm. Trump revenge arc. Um. All right. Did any of those other all topics I listed off sound interesting? I. Yeah, uh, I don't know the the internet not existing forever. Internet's so. not forever. Okay, we'll go into that one next. 
I just I, I said this to Adam yesterday, but I wanted to repeat on the pod that this guy, we were watching a video on the boarding schools yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, and uh, the boarding schools in Canada were basically just like 1900s. Um, like one guy once used the phrase uh, "kill the Indian, save the man," meaning take away culture, cultural traditions. Not I I don't want a phrase like that even. It, it basically just meant assimilate Indians, and then they use that and they're like, oh, they're committing genocide, which is the general idea of these people is that assimilation is genocide, um, taking away any cultural practice, no matter how fucking dumb or trivial it is, is cultural genocide. This this ties in with the internet, it's not forever, but um, but uh, getting getting to my point here, the the guy who was sitting right next to me. Who I beat in chess, and I do not know how to play chess. This guy spent eighty dollars a year for fucking chess.com subscription. But that all that aside, he keeps leaning over to me during the fucking during the the, the documentary playing. He's like, "Dude, this is like concentration camps." And I was like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> and I'm just sitting there playing Snake because I'm not gonna watch this stupid fucking documentary. And then uh, he leans over again and he goes, "Yeah, man." Just another thing that white people did. <laughs> Add that to the long list of things the white people have done. And I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> Just keep playing my, my snake. And then he leans over and he goes, the way, and it was like 10 minutes between each of these comments. And I'm getting like no response. He goes, he leans over and he goes, the way I look at it, man, we all just got a different amount of melanin in our skin. I mean, we all got melanin in our skin, just different amounts. You know, that's the way I look at it. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like this, this thirty-five IQ guy just like trying to dis disprove and, racism. And the rest of the clap heard him, and they started yeah, clapping. But this guy just trying to disprove racism to me this whole time. Like we're, we're just in this class watching. I, I I just thought it was so, so surreal. Um, but it adds into what I was saying about <laughs> internet is not forever because um, they they were talking about in this documentary how all of these uh. All of these things that people kind of were doing to preserve Indian culture and heritage, they were they had like a whole uh, warehouse set up just to document these native uh, features, and then they and Canada has a ton of these websites, like a ton, a ton of these websites. They invest so much money in it, where they just uh, um, they just put like all these things online, so you can basically access them at any time. And uh, I really got this idea when I was doing when I was doing um, my homework for this class, and one of the primary source we have to do primary source analyses, and one of my primary sources was a uh, or one of the primary source sources was a list of phone books dating back a hundred years in Canada, and so somebody had gone through and photo scanned a four thousand page phone book. So that you can flip through each page individually, dating back every year for a hundred years, that nobody is ever going to look at, except for maybe taking one of the smallest passages that they skim through for an assignment, right? Like, 90% of that is never going to be used, and then, eventually what's going to happen, Canada's, uh, not Canada, Canada is going to fall as an empire... They're not going to be able to keep funding these websites. These websites are going to shut down before anybody even uses a, a quarter of a millionth of, of, any of, the, of any of the information being held on these sites, right? And the thing that mm -hmm. uh, stood out to me was, when I was thinking about this, was Steve-O uh, saying that he found religion through the camera. Uh, Steve-O is... Uh, Adam, you got to get a voice mod for Steve-O. You got to get a... Not saying that... Of course, that was Alan Watts. I voice mean, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not... But yeah. um, but you do have to get a voice mod for Steve-O. He, he's kind of a retard. And he's saying that he, he found religion through camera because it means he can live forever. And it's like, do you really think that? Like, do you honestly believe that? Like, another one of the sites. It, it documented and scanned every single letter. I mean, hundreds of thousands of letters that were sent in World War One and World War Two from Canadian soldiers. Again, nobody's ever going to read 90% of these, right? And this is the whole... Mm -hmm. Every man wants to be immortal, right? Uh, you listen to a philosophy student, they want to yeah. go down in history like Aristotle. But as I pointed out to Adam, 
even Aristotle. Aristotle, if you ask people what name one thing that Aristotle said or did, 0.01% of the population can answer that question. So that's the absolute peak of personal reach of a person that you could ever hope to achieve is 0.01%. And you're not going to achieve that in your scanning phone books or you're doing the, even you're doing a crazy stunt off a off of some I don't know, a park bench doing a kickflip off a park bench or whatever. It's like none of these things are ever going to last forever. You're not going to achieve immortality. Like the, the the notion of finding religion through the camera, which is what so many people are trying to do. I, I think Stebo actually stated it well. Like he, he's describing a phenomenon that people are actually trying to achieve very much so in our modern culture um, in terms of personal celebrity, trying to get this thing that that will live on as part of them forever, as part of their existence forever. When it's like, no, there's 7 billion people. Nobody's ever going to look at your shitty Instagram posts even three years from now. Forget about 100 years from now. Even three years from now. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, generally, that's my take. Internet's not forever. And especially now when you're seeing... I mean, you can't even find... You can't even find Chainsaw Cartel guy cutting off the guy's head anymore. (laughs) You can't even find that. I mean, go try (laughs) to find that video. You can't even find that. So... And that's an extreme example. But even with Google, like Google, which you type it in, you type in anything, it says... 193 million results in 0.001 seconds. And you're like, oh, wow, really? And then you go down to the bottom and you scroll to page 20 and there's nothing more. Which means 20 times, I don't know, six results on every page. There's like 120 results, maybe 150 ever that people are ever going to see when they look this up. Uh, no one goes past page Right, two. nobody goes past page two. So this is like... Like, there's there's a very, 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 very finite amount of things that people pay attention to, that people care about. I just finished uh, The Playlist, um, which is a, a show on Netflix, and I was looking up this story about Martin Lawrenson that, that is uh, purported to have happened within The Playlist. I looked everywhere. I looked through so many documents. I looked through everything. And then I looked back through his tweets. This guy, this Martin Lawrenson, who is... A very famous entrepreneur has a Wikipedia page. Everything. His Wikipedia page is barely filled out. He gets maybe three likes a tweet, and it's like, like this is the the, the figures of history that we're thinking about in terms of immortality. And it's like, people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to burst everybody's bubble, but people don't pay attention to each other that much. There's like, fifteen pop culture figures that are paid attention to by a million retards, and then, of the people who are actually intelligent enough to understand art on the level that people are doing it there's such a tiny handful of those the the idea that you can just expect any level of immortality that's that's kind of what i'm fighting against um trying to fight against personal celebrity obviously i don't need to say this to our audience but it's just uh it's very it's very disheartening when you see how how desperate man is for immortality and how completely unachievable it is and it shouldn't it, it shouldn't want yeah, to be achievable. Like, like you should oh. I I'm sorry, I'm really last point, but like I, I wanna make I wanna take pictures now, I wanna ma- make posts now, I wanna make music now, I wanna do things now, and I wanna I, I am gonna put them on the internet, but I'm gonna put them on the internet so that one day, maybe, I can show my kids or show my friends, and then one day those people will die out and nobody will hear it again. And that's that's not like that that's <laughs> Like, that's more than should be expected. Like, even that, you know? Anyway, what were you going to say? Oh, yeah, that's that's way more than I'm expecting, dude. I'm like, I make these podcasts with you so that uh, the next day uh, Grant and Jack can listen to them. And then I, I just hope that they're lost immediately. Because every time I listen back to one of these, I'm like, oh, my God, I sound like a retard. And then I'm like, oh, I really hope this disappears as fast as possible. So I'm... I'm like the only reason I'm making more podcasts is because I'm trying to bury the old ones. Like the the more I make with you, the farther away those ones get. And I'm it really it's just digging myself a bigger hole because I don't feel like I've gotten any better at this stuff. Um, but yeah, it's 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 quite the opposite of the uh, this immortality idea that you're that you're talking right. about. Well, it's an infinite cycle of of that, but 
I mean, that's to be sure. Like, and, and no matter how good you get at anything, just by the way, it's always going to look awful, sound awful to you. Like, you're always just going to see the mistakes in it. Um, yeah. But... And I feel, but that's that. That's also the that's also the only other reason I'm doing this is just like I feel like this is a good way of. Um, I mean, because I'm bad at it is why I'm doing it. Cause I think when I listen back on the podcast, I notice a lot of times, that, especially when I feel like uh, I'm not good at a subject or something, or if I feel like I've been talking too much and I'm I'm thinking too much about it, then I start saying like like a lot, and I talk I say like every other sentence, like I like I won't stop, and I just. And, uh, and this is just like a way of improving yourself. Like these kind of things are, are, are efforts. I mean, when you make art, one, one reason to make art is to make something that is beautiful and might live on. Um, but you're making art to make the next piece of art. You, it's, it's never, uh, the, the art that you are currently working on is very rarely your end goal, you know, unless you're like 70. Yeah. Um, Generally speaking, people are making art to improve themselves and to to cultivate their skills, and that that should be the main point. Yeah, very true, very true. And and again, like yeah, I really like what you said about like the pod. Like obviously, I I, I like I've said this before, but the, the the purpose that I see in this pod is to archive conversations, which again I don't think are going to live forever, but I think that some of my friends will listen to them and down the line some maybe you know i can listen back to them at some point and learn something from them and it's about my my personal relationship with them but also it the the really good thing about a podcast is it forces you to have a concentrated direct and meaningful conversation about the actual things that you think about you know that's 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 right the real good it's basically like okay let's sit down for an hour and have an intentional conversation which is a very rare thing like people very rarely do that so that's why another thing that i think is it's very helpful for yeah and, and it keeps me in, in in this class bracket you know like if i ever try to break out of this class bracket there'll be uh there'll be so much blackmail on me from these pods right so these pods keep my ego from so they keep you a big. wage slave forever um, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's yeah. good uh, yeah, I I think the especially with the Canada the Canada thing is just the easiest way to feign respect and effort um, for these communities because what you can do is you can you can put a bunch of money into something that then produces a whole lot of nothing and it becomes difficult to criticize you like so you put ten million dollars to this. And you do all this stuff, and what it's hard to say like, well, you didn't make the scans look very good, you know what I mean? Whereas if you make like an actual project, and you actually try to improve, like let's say you try to improve like black neighborhoods or something by implementing like social programs and stuff, if if those fail, then there's there's usually something to point at like, oh, you put ten million dollars to this, and uh, the neighborhood hasn't gotten any better. Crime is just as bad as it was before you put the money into the neighborhood. And then politicians get a lot of flack. And and when you have something like this, you can really just, you know, put all this out there, um, make yourself look like, you know, a good person. Um, it just costs a lot of money and you've got something to showcase at the end of it. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't actually ever yield any results because no one no one's going to actually read it. You know, you can you make like these museums that have like showcase all this art. People hate looking at it, but people will. It's, it's like some of those things like too it's you go to these museums you see it so a lot of people go to these museums to like support you know but people don't like looking at this art you don't like art that's funded you know art is good because very, it's good very true if it's if it's good enough it'll it'll rise naturally um you look at museums that have beautiful art those, those no one had to fund those artists most of those artists were broke until until they died and then um the the beauty in their art just kind of rose rises above that but nowadays you have these super ugly art pieces that like people paid a lot of money oh tiktok he made a spoon in 1856 (laughs) it's like okay Mm. Mm. oh oh mika he made a quilt (laughs) like oh really and and people and the people who who do this and who go to support this and who go to Make themselves feel, again, this is NPR heads in a nutshell, but you're doing this 
and, and it looks good because people will go support it, but no one right. actually likes. But likes no, but the people it, who support this, you know? they're they're the cocktail party part like people, so the, it doesn't matter whether or not they actually genuinely like it because it's a means to an end. It's it's like teenagers talking about cars. It's the same thing. Like they're just talking about it so that other people know that they know how to talk about it. Like, they're, they're, they're not actually right. even interested in what they're saying. It's just, like, they're trying to prove something by the fact that they're saying it. And that's the same thing with these people, these cocktail party people, these NPR head people who, oh, my God, you listen to the new Snap Judgment? Oh, jeez, Ira Glass, you hear him yesterday? He really put something in a very interesting way, and it's all... Are these real names? Yeah, <laughs> those are... Oh, no, you've so you've already <laughs> fallen for the propaganda, then. It's, it's worked, worked on, on you. Um... These people have immortality. They live in your head, rent free. <laughs> they do. Um, and it's not. It's not just like old spoons either. Like they find like new art. Um, and and I've and I've gone to those exhibits because I I go to we got we have first uh, first Friday free free museum yeah. exhibits. Uh, you can go to the museum for free every Friday. And every time I go to a different city, I try to go to the museum. I I really like the art museums. Um. And, uh, like, this one in Cincinnati also had, uh, like, an African-American, uh, like, recognition stuff. And that's art-funded, like, modern art made by people today. And when you go to those exhibits, I mean, this is not to blame, like, African artists, but most modern art is just garbage. But you go to these exhibits, they look terrible. And, uh, and, and it's sad because in the rest of the museum, there is art made by African Americans and, and every, you know, every nationality and stuff. And those ones look really good, you know? And then, but it's hard, it's harder for people to say, it's harder for the museum to be like, we're showcasing black artists by having those art pieces out there. Like that's not enough, that's not enough riz for the museum. <laughs> um, you know, even though they've got, they've got like beautiful art made by all, every, every different group on earth. Um, but they still have to make these exhibits that's full of garbage art, right. um, and, and 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 it doesn't. And it's unfortunate because it because it because it, it also elevates it and it keeps it going. Like it keeps the it keeps the whole scam rotating for another. Right, cycle. that's true. It, it's a it's a racket, and 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 they think that the they think that the bad art is getting elevated by the good art. But no, no, no. It's just that the good art is getting washed out by all the bad art. Um, yeah, it's usually like at the front of the museum too. Yeah, and they keep all the good stuff like farther back. Um, probably because it's easier to change stuff out. Yeah, and I said this to mom too. There was a we went to an art exhibit called the uh, Bo Body at Graphite. I think it was called Body, but it was something related to Body anyway. Uh, it was in Edmonds, and we went there, and and there's all these portraits of bodies, right? <laughs> And they're trying mm -hmm. to push new ideas about beauty, about whatever, right? So all these deformed, which, by the way, that's what fat is. Fat is a distorting feature. Fat cannot be beautiful. Fat is the distorting feature. Um, so anyway, so they have all these drawings, you know, these artful drawings of fat people. And then mom points at one that's like a, of a man with a good-looking figure. And it's well drawn. She goes, oh, that one looks good. And I was like, yes, correct. Thank you. Like, she at least knows intrinsically that the fat people don't look good. But she's like, again, too much of an NPR to be able to say that they're not good because they're drawn well. And um, I was saying like, oh, like, do you see what they're trying to do? Like, the, the problem here is that they're trying to make an ugly thing beautiful by trying to portray it in a beautiful way. And she said, well, isn't the goal of art to portray reality? And this is exactly the problem. Because you take you take a novel like Crime and Punishment, right? What does it talk about? It talks about poverty, uh, de uh, depression, depravity, murder, prostitution, whatever. Like, it talks about all these horrible things, right? But the theme of the book mm -hmm. is not that those are good. Because it's not fighting against anything natural. The theme of the book is showing that these things are awful. And it's showing kind of human nature along the way, right? So... Mm -hmm. However, in a an artistic sense, when you draw something, the theme is indistinguishable from the piece because it's a visual piece, right? And when you have that that you're trying to elevate and you're trying to say, this is beautiful. This is something that's, that's beautiful. That is in conflict with the actual thing being beautiful. So it's the conflict of theme versus reality that makes bad art. 
And it's the same thing with the native art. Like you have these, these themes that are saying like, oh, this is supposed to be beautiful. And so you get these cocktail people and you get one of the artists that my Canadian teacher talked about was Kent Monkman, which you can look him, Schlim, Schlim, I don't know, their drag, whatever, up. Uh, But Mm -hmm. like they clearly have a lot of talent in painting, right? But they paint Mm -hmm. fucking like drag. They they literally paint themselves in drag into classic uh, white art. So like they'll take like uh, like the crossing of the... um, Oh, what's that river called? Whatever. It was a famous crossing of a river. Delaware? Yes. Yeah. The, the, the crossing of the Delaware, and he'll repaint it with all native people, and then he'll put himself as a native in drag. So it's like, okay, not only is your art obviously 100% derivative, but it's also disgusting, it's depraved, and it's it's the conflict between the themes and reality that makes it bad art. But because everybody is just so insistent on having something to talk about, you know... My favorite Nixon quote, I might have said it before on the podcast, but he said once, to me, the saddest people in the world are those at the waterfronts. Uh, drinking too much, talking too much, thinking too little. And that is very much the case. All these people do is talk, and so all they need to do is have shit to talk about, even if it doesn't mean anything, even if they don't care about it. You know, they, they don't, they're not even passionate about anything they say. It's so sad and depressing, and then you walk through these native art museums and you go oh man that's an interesting piece oh look at that piece this is an interesting piece and it's like you could have put fucking rembrandt on the wall you could have put somebody who you actually wanted to look at on the wall you could have put dali here but you're wasting everybody's time with lies with lies that we all have to pretend are real i'm i'm letting the skits out sorry i mean no, I mean, you're correct. These things should be working in tandem with each other. And when you see real good art, because mom was right, like, it, art should portray reality. I mean, it, you know, depending. But um, but especially when you're talking about, like, things that are terrible. Like, there's beautiful pieces depicting, you know, poverty, poverty of, like, old England right. and stuff. But it brings you in and, like, it, it fills you with, you know, dread, sadness. And, like, you kind of, like, un- like it, and it's... Paint, be- beautifully painted as well it's not taking something that's ugly and then you know it's not i don't know how to express myself exactly but it's not elevating right. it no um, i mean you're you're saying it exactly right like there was uh because it's yeah because then the theme clashes with the reality yeah and it can't work because it can't trick your brain either because your brain knows like you can't i mean all this all this bullshit that everyone's spouting it's it's never gonna actually it's never actually gonna get past just the superficial level because you can't you can't express something right but that's that's in, in a way that is against but that's its very all they nature. need once you get that ideological you just it, it only has to be, you've you've eliminated all deeper thought because this is this is like people it all comes back to Trump this is like people before Trump we were all just ideological we were all thinking. Oh, well, we need a manager to run this country. We need somebody who sees that it's about freedom. We need somebody who sees that it's about, well, we companies got to work. Corporations have to work. And then this new guy comes in and he's like, uh, Odie Rosie O'Donnell. Okay, you're, uh, yeah, she must have been on her period. Like when he was talking about Megyn Kelly, like, yeah, she must have been on her period because she, <laughs> she's being like rude. And it's like, oh, we forgot we can even talk about this. And then once you open that up and people remember what they can talk about and break out of their ideological bubble, but it's so hard to do. And these people just end up staying in it forever. But I'll say on your last point there, like there was this guy, uh, lose his name, but he's a photographer who did take pictures of all these kind of deformed homeless people with fucked up teeth and noses and lips and faces and whatever. And his point, like they are fun to look at. Like I would go to a museum with them. But that's because they're not elevated. They're not trying to say, these are the beautiful people, right? It's not like putting Sam Smith up and being like, this is the beautiful person. It's like he's putting up people who are ugly and showing how, you know, kind of like their place in society and showing how like they need help and, you know, things like that. Like, you know, maybe a a social message behind it. But he's like not trying to proclaim these things as beautiful, you know. And when you do that, it just makes you a fucking idiot. Basically, my point. Yeah, and the and and just a final thing. The worst part is that most of the time, it's 
it's not it's so purely about the message that there is no effort in the art itself which is even worse like obviously if you make a good art piece that has like terrible like you can be good at writing and then still write like a terrible book because it doesn't make sense because the i mean the characters like you know it, it because it every because everything is so against its nature like even if you write it in with good words and 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 you've got an eloquent way of phrasing things you can't actually make it interesting um but at least there's like a level of 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 skill involved there but most of the time when when museums are showcasing this art it's it's so much about the message that instead of showing like i don't know something about how oh living in detroit is is we, we this is a detroit podcast <laughs> living go. in detroit is uh, is like so beautiful like the culture right, is so rich right. here um but instead of instead of showcasing that by like i don't know making some weird picture of like people with guns smiling <laughs> and like you know maybe it's beautifully painted and everyone's like oh yeah we love it here uh but it, it usually it's like like a golden turd or something right. like someone shot on a piece of, of paper and it's like Oh, you, don't you get it? It's a golden turd. Like, it looks bad on the outside, but really, it's worth a lot. You See, know what I mean? And it's like, dude, you just shit on the paper and then spray you, painted it gold. Like, this you just said the key phrase. Please. You just said the key phrase. Don't you get it? That's literally how all these people think. They don't get it. They don't know what it means. They don't know how to express any of the ideas we're talking about right now, but they turn to you and they go, oh, but don't you get it, though? And then you're so afraid that you don't get it that you just, instead of actually just telling them they're a fucking idiot, you just rather go into the ideology because you're so weak-minded you just try to say oh i do get it boom you're shifted right into the ideology by admitting that there's something to get about this golden turd that somebody spray painted like that that that, that is that is the horrible shift i had one more time do you want to talk about something before we end uh no we should we should keep this as a short pod because i'm a little i'm a little tired and uh and uh, and I think we're gonna do another pod. <laughs> you say that. I think we can. You say get, that, but you. We can, I've been trying, trying to get you to do a pod get, for I, weeks, man. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, I've had a I've had a rough couple of weeks. I think this Saturday is pretty free. And guys, I think we're gonna bring Thomas onto the pod to discuss a little bit. <laughs> you of You may Thomas, know him from Prod, Thomas the Tank Engine. Yes. Uh, um, and maybe maybe Alan Watts. Will come I have. I, I do have one more topic. I'm. You, we're gonna have to do it. Because if you're not going to bring one up. Um, all right. Is it a short one? Fuck no. Uh, all right. Ideal. <laughs> How things relate to unnatural and unnecessary and books. Absorption versus... Okay, this one... This one is kind of... You know, I haven't even thought about that one enough yet. <laughs> oh, I will say the crib test. Just This one's super short. We had to do another after this. The crib test is like... Uh, Brought up by my philosophy teacher today when we were talking about sadism. He goes, he goes, yeah, so they call this the crib test. If you look at a baby in a crib, that's your baby. And somebody asks, would you like him to be a sadist? And you go, ew, no. And they're like, even if he was paired up with a masochist, you'd still be like, ew, no. And I was like, based. Like, thank you, teacher, for saying it like it is. Like, that's all you need is the crib test. If you look at your baby and somebody goes up to you and you're like, hey, just so you know, your baby's going to be fucking dudes in 20 years. And you just go, ew, no. <laughs> like, like that's all that's all you need. I, I I will get to Wait, I've got wait, 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 wait I'm a little confused on the point. Can you <laughs> Like, if you see your baby As a, as opposed to what? Is there is there like a counterexample where people are like, Oh yeah, my kid's gonna be poor. No, Please. as opposed to like, oh your kid's gonna be an astronaut or your kid's gonna be you know, like just anything aspirational. But if you just told them like, okay, even Fine, we'll go back to the sex example. Oh, your kid, when he grows up, he's going to have sex with women. You'd be like, oh, okay, base. Like, cool. You know? But, like, if they said, oh, when he grows up, he's going to have sex with dudes. And you're like, oh, gross. Right? Like, Wait, what is this? What is this proving? Just that, like, that's the most, that's the only test you need to decide, like, whether a certain lifestyle is apt for a human to have. Oh, like oh, this is this oh, is what oh, libertarians oh. will say. It's like, oh, you can do whatever you want. Oh, you can do whatever you want. But then it's like, you take a libertarian, you say, okay, you can do whatever you want, right? And they say, yeah. And then you take a libertarian, you go, okay, come over here. This is your baby in this crib. He's gonna fuck dudes in the ass in twenty years, and that that libertarian will go, ew, gross. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. That's the only hyper basic level of political test you need uh, to undergo. Okay, 
I got you. All right, I understand. Anyway, that was a short one, so we got to get to one more. This last one is no. This last <laughs> no. one's gonna be short. Okay, Heraclitus. Okay. Uh, he's a philosopher, probably the. Oh, I could talk about this. <laughs> probably the earliest pre-Socratic philosopher that we have comprehensive record of. Um, and he said that all comes from fire and to fire all shall return. And since then, or after him, I mean, I should say, after him, there was a couple of philosophers which were like the same thing, but with water or the same thing, but with earth. But it's like... And, and so mm. people kind of discuss, like, they say, oh, this is just kind of one of his kookier ideas. Like, he said that, like, water comes from fire because of condensation, right? Um, and people all just say, like, oh, well, these are all kind of kooky ideas. And they kind of mix them all in together. Even though Heraclitus, the first one who actually came up with the idea that one element is responsible for everything and one element is responsible for the demise of everything, he actually was onto something profound. And then people just think it's kooky and mixing it with all the rest of them. But uh, I'll talk about why I think it's profound. Um, which is in every meaningful beginning that we think of as humans, number one, existence, number two, planet earth, number three, humanity. Those seem to me the basic tenets of tenets rather, uh, no tenets. Anyway, <laughs> one of those of civilization or of, of people of like what we think of ourselves as people. And in every single one of those situations, E.g. the Big Bang, or E.g. a molten ball of rock getting smashed by meteors for long enough until it stabilizes into a planet, or um, man discovering fire and that creating civilization as we know it, versus the end of all those things. So first, the end of humanity, which is, as best we know it now, probably... I don't know, nuclear apocalypse or some kind of warfare. Again, best elemental representation to all these is fire so far. Or then you get to the end of Earth, which is the uh, red giant's phase of the sun, in which case it will envelop the Earth. Or the heat death of the universe. Again, all, all everything is represented by fire. All of the meaningful ends and beginnings of humanity are represented by fire. Million, <laughs> thousands of years before... Heraclitus had any idea of any of these phenomena, right? He didn't know about the heat death of the universe, the Big Bang, nuclear warfare. Um, he didn't know the fire, right? That was the only one. He, he knew the fire had start, mm -hmm. start, kind of started civilization. Um, but it just kind of shows you that when you have somebody who is actually like of mind, of wisdom, trains in wisdom, trains their their intellectual virtues as we would say then they can literally tell the future because they're saying something that is just you're never going to get out of a study you're never going to get out of harvard you're never going to get out of any of those things if you, if you just chase your intellectual virtues and just come up with some weird kooky bashed idea it'll probably explain more about the world than anybody in lab code ever will and that is that's what i'd like to leave the pot on do you have anything to say about that uh yeah i mean i think it's uh i think it's cool the way the material universe kind of reflects itself as you as you like things that are more complicated um or this is we're coming full circle now because uh because it's kind of how we're talking Wait, about we're how the bubble Detroit? is now we're getting back to the bubble because you know the bubble will always be this it's always like the the purest easiest shape to form right. Um, and you can see that in something as simple as, as a bubble that you make with a wand or, uh, something as crazy and intense as like, you know, a planet or something like that. And, uh, when, when certain things are just basic principles, they propagate themselves upward into every level. Uh, sometimes that means even like past the spiritual level, like things in the material universe often reflect themselves upwards into the spiritual level because we are products of the universe. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's cool how much you can predict. Um, if you kind of understand that, um, I don't know. I don't really, that probably sounded a little, uh, based, uh, <laughs> a little based, a little bit, uh, faux, faux, faux philosophical. There's no, see, that, that's the thing. There's no such thing. Every everybody who thinks there is something like philosophy or like fucking 
anybody who goes to a cocktail party, I will kill. And they are all <laughs> just pretending that there's walls around this stuff. It's like, no. Me? The thing that came to me in a dream last night gives me more expertise on any subject than anything you will ever know in your life. That's... Live into your delusions, guys. Trans people have it right. Everybody's got to be trans. <laughs> um, That's like... Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Hopefully soon. Happy Valentine's Day. That's totally dating this podcast because Valentine's Day ends in 13 minutes. Um, but, you know. <laughs> and only one of our listeners has uh, has someone. Yes, true. Um, but if I release this tomorrow, then I will yeah. say happy birthday, Jack. And uh, goodbye, everybody. Good night, fellas.